We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion Vader's Fist. This is our milestone episode 75 for July 2013, and I'm your host, Nikki, DZ8397. This is Scott, SL9854. And the 501st Legion is currently at 6,414 members with 10,805 approved costumes in the Legion. In this episode, we talk about the Navajo Star Wars screening, getting into troop with the Boba Fett, a Vader balloon sighting, Russian Outpost's first big con, and another Mythbuster joins the fold. So stay tuned. Well, we're going to talk a little more about San Diego Comic-Con later on in the episode. Uh, and right now, we have Leslie Farquhar, who is the San Diego squad leader uh, of the Southern California Garrison, joining us for uh, this segment of the show. Because at San Diego, we had the, uh, the opportunity to uh, induct a couple of new honorary members and friends of the Legion into the 501st. And this all took place at Comic-Con. So, Leslie, you want to fill us in a little bit on what went on? Hey, Scott. Well, you know what? We had a really busy weekend at San Diego Comic-Con. We inducted uh, two new honorary members and two new friends of the Legion. Uh, the first one was done on Wednesday night during preview night. Uh, that was uh, Lucasfilm artist William O'Neill. Nice. Uh, and that was uh, done in cooperation with a fellow HM, Lee Cozy. Uh, Bill was quite surprised when we came to his table to present him the plaque with troopers on hand. He was quite surprised. That's excellent. Uh, so what would um, like fans know William O'Neill for? Does he have any like iconic pieces that somebody might recognize him for? I'm sure that they do. Of course, I don't know any right off the top of my head, but Bill's been a Lucasfilm artist for several years. He's participated in... Uh, you know, sketch card projects, different promotional art for Lucasfilm. I do believe he did one of the helmets for either the TK project or the As You Wish project as well. So uh, he's pretty well known, very popular artist. All right. We'll have to be sure to have uh, some links for all of these guys in our show notes later on. Absolutely. And then uh, I, I know uh, uh, we also inducted Adam Savage, which was aw- awesomely fun. <laughs> sure did. Um, Adam has been uh, wanting to officially join the Legion for some time uh, because he does have a fully uh, operational, ready-to-wear Stormtrooper suit. But, you know, Adam, being a busy man, uh, hasn't exactly had the time to join the Legion and keep active, so he opted to go in as an official member or an honorary member instead and uh, we surprised him on Saturday morning at the Legion picture um, this was coordinated by Sam Hornado through his agent and Adam showed up wearing his Wookiee costume which was really cool actually it was really cool of course uh, 
there was a little bit of a challenge giving him his badge because he was super tall. I had to stand up a couple of steps. But we uh, <laughs> we hung it on a lanyard and hung it around his neck, so Chewie finally got a medal. Exactly. I was going to say, it was like Chewie got his medal. Right. <laughs> After waiting 35 years. Something. Right. So unfair. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading about um, when one of the members, I think out in... And EG Land uh, had made that Wookiee suit for him on one of his previous Adam Incognito uh, uh, outings. And that uh, Stormtrooper that you mentioned also was another time when he was doing his little Adam in- Incognito game. Mm-hmm. That. Well, I also had a chance to see him in his Admiral Akbar, or as I like to call it, Admiral Admiral Akbar, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because it's like an actual Admiral's jacket. And everything. What is it? it? It's like the HMS Bounty or something. I don't know. It's 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 crazy, um, yeah. but it was it was one of the best act bars I've seen. And he looked really good in it too. I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then uh, I know we also had the opportunity to uh, induct uh, our vamptress, Leanna Vamp, and Cameron Vamp as well. Uh, they have been supporting the Legion and specifically here a lot with the Southern California Garrison for a lot of our charity fundraisers over the past couple of years. In fact, even helping us to raise monies when we weren't even holding Legion events uh, and, you know, doing things and then sending us money towards charity, which is really quite cool. Uh, And they were sponsored by Dr. Michael Bender and Lawrence and Grace Green. So that was a lot of fun to uh, finally get them into the Legion. I know they were both very excited to be friends of the Legion. They sure were, and Cameron was actually quite surprised because when I pulled them both forward and asked them to stand in the place of honor, Cameron said, well, don't I just need to video this? And I said, well, hold on a second, and you'll see why you're up here. And then we gave Leanna her plaque, and then shortly after gave Cameron his. He said it was a good thing he was wearing sunglasses. (laughs) Yeah, the both of them. It was pretty fun. Uh, so that was it was uh, it was great. It was a very busy weekend for honorary member and friend of the Legion inductions. Sure was. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back and talk about San Diego Comic Con in a few minutes. So if you'll hang out with us, we'll we'll get to that shortly. On Sunday, July twenty first, TK one eighteen of Midwest Garrison wore his R two K T shirt for the two thousand thirteen Ride for Kids motorcycle event benefiting the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. Thanks to everyone who helped make a donation. He raised $1,330 this year. And next year, he vows he's going to be riding his motorcycle in Biker Scout armor. So check out our show notes for a photo of TK118 from this year's event. How fun is that? I've always wanted to do the motorcycle Biker Scout armor thing, too. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. Well, a couple episodes back, we talked about the shoe project that was being organized by the Mid-South Garrison and showcased at Lexington Comic Con and Toy Convention uh, and benefiting the UK Children's Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, On July 7th, the final tally finally came in, and they raised $1,976.50. So you can still check out all the details on their Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Star Wars Shoe Project. They they totally should have had someone just donate fifty more cents, and then it would have been nineteen seventy seven. I know, right? That's every time I see something close to that, I'm like, come on, nineteen seventy seven would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> or keep it, you know, eighty or eighty 
83 would have been fine too, right? Or 82. <laughs> yeah, 83. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, so let's see. They had a couple of special shoes, it looks like, that uh, sold um, quite well. They had the Cloud Car Shoe by Jason Eaton, which came in at $511. They had uh, the Scene Shoes by Rob St. Clair, which were came in at two hundred twenty three fifty, and then they had some special face of fet shoes by Marlene Varela, came in at one seventy six oh one. So nice job on the shoe project, guys. Yeah, I like the cloud car ones. You couldn't like ever really wear them, but I mean they were meant for display anyways, but it was very unique concept to like kind of stick the two shoes together because that's kinda what the cloud cars looked anyways, <laughs> like like this two pods going. Uh, trick shoes. <laughs> <laughs> So now you were hearing recently about a documentary that's been uh, in the works. Yes. Can you tell us more about yes. that? You know, um, I had the pleasure to meet uh, Amanda Ladd uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, and she is the daughter of Alan Ladd Jr. And uh, for those that you don't know, um, Alan Ladd Jr. is the person, in my opinion, who is responsible for the making of Star Wars. He's the uh, executive that greenlit the uh, movie to be made. And they're doing a documentary on Alan Ladd, and I found it really fascinating after talking to her. Uh, and if you go to laddymovie.com, and we'll put a link up uh, in the show notes to that as well, uh, you can see a little bit about the documentary, what they're trying to do, learn a little bit about Alan Ladd Jr. But I think it's really fascinating, and, and it was really, uh, like I said, quite an honor to meet her and to talk to her about her father. And really, in my opinion, what he's done for the film industry as a whole uh, by greenlighting movies like Star Wars and some of the others from the early 70s. Yeah, it definitely seemed like he was someone who's willing to give these directors a try, even though everyone was shooting them down and, and just let them do their thing. Yeah, you know, it was back and, at a time when it wasn't so much about the uh, what kind of toys can we make and market as much as it was about, you know, really believing in the project themselves. Greetings, this is your old pal Moralo Evol, and you're listening to the 501st cast from Cell Block 23H. Mission reports. The Cradle of Aviation Museum in Garden City, New York, hosted a special Eternal Con event on Saturday, June 15th, and invited the 501st and Rebel Legions as special guests. There were over 25 attendees from Empire City Garrison, Northeast Remnant Garrison, and the Rebel Legions Echo Base, and all that extra support was greatly appreciated and used. As we've mentioned before, the CAM is Long Island's Air and Space Museum and features an actual unused moon lander, an A-10 tank killer, and other incredible artifacts from our aviation history. They also have a dome IMAX, motion rides, and some really impressive exhibits. The museum was really impressed by our members' appearance over the past two years, and they were thrilled to have them back to support EternalCon. This event not only helped the museum, but also raised $100 for Hurricane Sandy relief with ECG's Blaster Trooper Station. Some members also made a special visit to a young boy having a Star Wars-themed birthday party at the CAM. Well, that was definitely good timing for that boy. The uh, con was much bigger than anyone had expected, with literally thousands of guests throughout the day. It actually got a bit hectic with the crowds, as this was the first time the CAM had tried hosting an event on this scale. But it was nothing the 501st couldn't handle. In fact, they'll be returning to the CAM on November 30th for another event. We'll have links to video and photos in our show notes, and thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Nicely done. 
Yeah, I know they really like going back to that museum. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a lot of fun, too. And I always love air and space museums as it is. So I don't think I've ever seen that one. Might have to mark your calendar for the next time they go. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Midwest Garrison's Imperial Walker Relay for Life team had their best year yet. They reached the platinum level in donations, so only teams that raised between 7500 to 9999 reached that level. And the Midwest Garrison Imperial Walkers Relay for Life team raised $8,607.80. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Pretty awesome. Dang it, there's that word again. i got to find a new word. Anyway... <laughs> Their team had uh, had three grand club members. These are individuals who raise over $1,000 for their team individually. So we want to give some special shout-outs to Barry, TK523, who raised $2,809, Lisa, TB4806, who raised $1,622, and Tom, TX9293, who raised $1,060 individually. Uh, included into that 8000 some odd dollars. So, you know, great job, you three. For those not familiar with the Relay for Life events, they start uh, usually in the evening and continue on through to the next morning, in this case, June 21st to June 22nd. So the Legion members had to secure a campsite and at one point had to ride out the storm in their uh, main tent. Uh, once the storm passed, they were able to set everything back up and troop on, although the traditional luminaries of paper bags with candles inside had to be replaced with glow sticks and paper bags, as the first ones did not survive the storm. Needless to say, the Imperial Walkers were a huge hit and happily posed for pictures with fans of all ages. They also helped keep the order at the closing of the silent auction and walked laps around the track with the other attendees. And for the first time at this event, they hosted a Blasta Trooper, which was very well received. There were almost 30 characters in Squires for Friday and 20 for Saturday. So including the monthly uh, captain meetings, members collectively donated more than 550 hours to this event. Overall, the event raised more than $445,000. We won't know the exact amount until closer to the end of August. But the Relay Committee has already asked the Midwest Garrison to participate again next year. It's going to be a milestone year, as it will be the Relay for Life of McLean County's 20th year anniversary and Midwest Garrison Imperial Walker's 10th appearance at that event. The dates are set for June 27 and 28 of 2014, so make plans to attend and support this amazing event. We'll have links and photos uh, and news articles in our show notes uh, to follow. Thanks to Jeremy, TK7503, for that report. On Sunday, June 30th, Empire City Garrison's Hudson Valley Squad made their presence known at the second annual Hudson Valley Renegades Baseball Team's Star Wars Day. The Renegades were hosting the Brooklyn Cyclones in what was appropriately themed Attack of the Cyclones. Although it was very hot and... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it was cute. So although it was a very hot and humid day, troopers arrived early to greet fans outside the stadium and at the front gate for pitchers. The Renegade staff were very gracious and provided our troopers with an air-conditioned place to dress, rest, and store their gear. Plus, plenty of cold drinks were available, and they were all treated to game tickets and food vouchers. Captain Rex, in his snow gear, threw out the first pitch. Shaking off a few signs from the catcher, he was a bit wild with a slider low and away. We'll have a link to a group picture in our show notes. Thanks to John, TD2557, for that report. I just want to say, don't feel bad, Captain Rex. 
I had the chance to throw out the ball at a Dodgers game here a year or so ago as Darth Vader, and I didn't even come anywhere close to the plate. <laughs> it was, and then everyone's like, "Use the force!" Oh, if only I could really force choke people. <laughs> On July 2nd, Empire City Garrison, with the support from their Rebel Legion counterparts, attended a promotional video shoot for the New York Mets Stand Up to Cancer event that's taking place actually tonight, July 23rd, as we record this episode. They shot a variety of skits, including a few uh, with Mets players Anthony Reckler, who uh, was a great sport. It was very hot, very muggy, but they all got through it and managed to have a great time. The Mets management treated our members very well and gave them free tickets to the volunteers who chose to stay for the game that night. The promos they shot will be used during the July 23rd game and also may be featured on the Mets website. So we'll have a link and some photos to that video shoot in our show notes. And thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. On July 3rd, five members from Dubac Ridge Garrison and four members and a recruit from Alpine Garrison gathered at the fairgrounds in Window Rock, Arizona, right on the border of the Indian Reservation, to promote the outdoor screening of A New Hope that was dubbed in Navajo. The project, which was 10 years in the making, was made to preserve and promote the Navajo language and culture, much of which has been lost in the last few generations. Our Legion members walked around and posed for photos with the excited moviegoers before and after the film. The weather that evening, thankfully, was very hospitable to the troopers, with the sun having almost set before the movie and a refreshing desert breeze after the movie. All around, a momentous event. We'll have a link to photos as well as some news articles in our show notes. And thanks to Cameron, TS10197, for that report. That was really something fun to watch, too. I saw a lot of posts on Facebook a month or so ago about the different characters they cast to do the voices for Admiral Tarkin and, you know, whatnot. So um, really interesting. I'd love to actually see it. Yeah, one of the uh, articles that we're going to link to had some of the videos of the um, auditions that people did for uh, trying to be one of the the voiceover artists that uh, was speaking in Navajo. And it had... Uh, they, it looked like they were actually doing a signing uh, at the screening. So there was like this whole row of tables, kind of like what you would see uh, for a, a cast signing at Comic-Con with all these Star Wars posters lined up in a big row and people were going down the line and getting their posters signed by all the people who had dubbed over how, all of those voices. How fun would that so. be? Yeah. Good stuff. Well, on uh, Sunday, July 7th, members of the Carolina Garrison and their rebel counterparts spend a beautiful but hot afternoon brightening the day of some deserving children at the Victory Junction Camp in Randleman, North Carolina. The camp was built in honor of NASCAR driver Adam Petty, the grandson of Richard Petty, who died at the tender age of 20. Uh, this camp provides uh, life-changing experiences for kids with chronic medical conditions or serious illnesses. Legion members first started visiting Victory Junction in 2010, and the staff was so impressed that they asked them to come back again every year. Kids arrive at the camp on Sunday, and they stay until Thursday. For many of them, it's the first time they've been away from home and from their parents. Uh, Lord Vader and his faithful troopers, along with some Jedi, who double as squires, were uh, in the cafeteria, which also serves as the check-in area for kids arriving at camp. Kids and parents alike were excited to see characters from a galaxy far, far away, waiting for them when they arrived. The staff greatly appreciated the Carolina Garrison and Blue Ridge Base coming out for the kids, and they're already looking forward to them coming back next year, of course. So thanks to Lewis, DZ6570, for that report. On July 13th and 14th, our Russian outpost, along with their rebel counterparts, had their first big event at StarCon. 
For both days of the convention, they collected money for the Kids Cancer Fund at Vita. And thanks to everyone who visited their booth, they raised 13,271 rubles, which is approximately 411 U.S. dollars. Although they didn't get as much attention as some of their more outlandish, stylish cosplayers or the Iron Man booth that was sponsored by the organizers of the con, they had two days of fun and enjoyed the camaraderie of their small contingent. During the event, they held few lectures about both legions. They played Connect Star Wars, hosted Blast a Trooper, and organized a small droid hunt game where the rebels were distributing the cards while the 501st Troopers were hunting them down. So we'll have a link to a slideshow that showed the day's events from setup to the end of the con in our show notes. Thanks to Kerr, ID 11100, for that report. Does Star Wars Connect even still exist? <laughs> I guess in Russia. I, I tried to find a copy of that just for fun uh, just a couple months ago, and they're like, yeah, good luck with that. It must It's a collector's huh. item now. <laughs> I just wanted to do the dance scene, that's all. <laughs> well, our Singapore garrison was in action again, this time visiting Pathlight School on July 15th. Pathlight School is the first autism-focused school in Singapore. It teaches mainstream academic content and life readiness skills to children 7 to 18. Six troopers and some squires visited to pose for photos with the kids, teens, and adults alike, placing smiles on everyone's faces. A reporter from Star Wars Underworld was also at the event. So we'll have a link to the blog that she wrote, which includes some quotes from Singapore Garrison members. And thanks to Dominic, TR2748, for the heads up about that report. Disney had recently invited the 501st Legion to attend a new event for family members of visiting athletes who are attending Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex. So, without hesitation, Legion members answered the call. They headed out for the appearances on July 10th and 16th. The first visit went well. They were split up into two groups with Vader, and I believe this is the first time they let us use our own Vader. Usually it's always a Lucas or a Disney Vader. Plus two TKs and four scouts were in one group, and then Boba Fett, which another time where it's usually always a Disney Fett, um, he was accompanied by three TKs and a scout. They trooped around, visiting with people. Surprisingly, there were no handlers, so the characters did get a bit mobbed, but our guys managed. And for the second visit, though, on July 16th, it was Darth Vader and a couple of TKs. They were working on a promo video for Disney, but within 30 minutes of being outside to work on it, the skies opened up in typical Florida fashion, and the event was a washout. So... There it goes, but they had fun anyways. Uh, we also actually just received photos and video for an, another new Disney event uh, that was being tested out this year on May the 4th. We'll have a link to those photos in our show notes. Between May the 4th being such a huge success and then being asked back for this new event, plus having opportunities like Roxy the Rancor getting to shine at Star Wars Weekend, we are definitely confident that our relationship with Disney is strong and growing. Thanks to Randy, AR2127, and Michael, TB3348, for those reports. It's always good news to hear when we hear that Disney is inviting us to uh, events like that. Definitely. It was, for the longest time, it's just been Star Wars weekend. Yeah. Well, I will say That's that, it. you know, we've gotten some news that there may be invitations out here in Southern California to attend a few Disney things uh, coming up soon. So uh, we'll keep everyone posted on that as well. But uh, I think things are, you know, moving forward and looking up for all of us. 
So this month was a big month for us uh, here in Southern California and really throughout the Legion because a lot of members come in for this, but it was San Diego Comic Con. And not only San Diego Comic Con, which is the four days or four and a half days including preview night, but we also dealt with Course of the Force for two weeks in advance. Course of the Force, of course, uh, Course of the Force, of course, ran all the way down from uh, San Francisco all the way down to San Diego over a two-week period uh, and had a lot of different celebrities, a lot of our 501st members, Rebel Legion, Mandalorian, Mercs, I mean, you name it, there were customers involved. Uh, and it all ended on Tuesday down in San Diego at the Hard Rock Hotel with quite a bang. Uh, and so, Leslie, were you part of the Course of the Force as well, or were you able to attend that, uh, that final event? I wasn't able to attend any of the final events because I was tied up with Comic-Con, but uh, several of my squad members were able to attend, and they said it was a great party when the lightsaber finally made its way into the hard rock and they put it in its ceremonial resting place and did the check presentation. I guess it was uh, quite a show. Yeah. They, you know, I'm curious to hear what they do this year for Make-A-Wish Foundation. Again, all the proceeds from Course of the Force go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And uh, I know they did a, a pretty substantial amount last year. So it was a, a great opportunity for us to be involved from the Legion side again this year and help to support both Make-A-Wish and the Nerdist with uh, Course of the Force. And they were kind enough to let us even have a little, you know, special blurb about the 501st in uh, one of their... Uh, you know, daily wrap-up videos uh, in Santa Monica. So it was very, very kind of them. Um, San Diego Comic Con. Do uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? I know you know you're you're really the the backbone of planning this out for the 501st, in my opinion. You've been doing this for a while with us with SoCal, and uh, you know I know we had a lot of our members going down there. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure how many, but do you have any idea how many troopers we had attend San Diego this year? Just judging by the Legion picture, we had anywhere from 125 to 175 members in attendance throughout the show. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was a good amount. It it really is, and we had a lot of things going on, so it was really good that we had such a great turnout. Yeah. Do you want to take us through just briefly day by day anything special that happened on the the different days uh, of the Comic-Con? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we kicked off the show with a Make-A-Wish event, which you couldn't have worked that out better. There was a young man by the name of Blake who his wish was to come and visit Comic-Con. And uh, the challenge for Blake is that he's blind, so he can hear everything, but he certainly can't see it. So uh, we met him at his hotel after his flight arrived with Vader, a couple of Tuscans, and some troopers and let him kind of experience the troopers vocally, you know, through the sound effects that they make and you know, the touch and all the senses, you know, to see what the costumes really look and feel like. Right. Of course, we also made sure that he had a memento of the occasion, so we gave him one of our Legion Challenge coins as well so that he had uh, something to show he was a trooper with us. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Wednesday night is preview night. It's the... One of the biggest nights of the show for the collectors. So the Legion doesn't do a whole lot on preview night. The floor is very crowded, but we did do the induction for William O'Neill. And then we uh, had our staff at the Death Star Wall, uh, which is something that we did all weekend long. Yeah. Um, 
Thursday we had we started all of our licensee support. So we were out there with uh, Hallmarks, um, Sideshow Collectibles, Cotabuquia, uh, Delray, and DK Books. We were also doing stuff with all of our local news crews, you know, for the different three local stations. And, of course, we did the wall down with Lucasfilm, and we did, you know, a few minor things here and there, which that pattern kind of continued through the weekend. And then, of course, we had our Legion dinner again that night. Right. And for the second time in a three-year period, Sylvester Stallone decided to appear at our dinner and walk through the walk through the group nice. to his own party. I mean, what are the odds of that happening twice? <laughs> you know. It's still not going to get him into Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody got a kick, of him, kick out oh, of the fact that he came through. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sorry. I missed it. <laughs> and then uh, Friday morning, we did a special event with Sideshow Collectibles. Uh, as a lot of people are aware, they did their Geek Retreat Contest last year. And uh, they selected two winners to have a uh, all-expense-paid trip to Comic-Con, including you know transportation, hotel, and, of course, Comic-Con tickets. And we met them out in the lobby Friday morning just before the show opened and gave them an official escort through the show, which was already getting crowded, and took them to the booth where we took a bunch of pictures with them and... Think Geek donated some goodies, and so did Sideshow, so that they had a nice little swag package to take home. That's great. It was a lot of fun, and I tell you what, those two uh, lucky winners had smiles a mile wide. Well, Well, as difficult as it is to get tickets for the show anymore, who wouldn't? (laughs) Seriously, they are more valuable than gold or platinum. I know, right? And then, of course, you know, Friday is also the day we start to, the first day of the droid hunt. We start passing out the badges, and we had a thousand of them go out, which evidently wasn't enough because we had at least a hundred more people come looking for them. Wow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, of course, Saturday morning we had our big Legion picture. Rough estimate, about 150 troopers showed up for that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh, it sure was. I've got some great pictures of that that I'm going to be posting here soon. And then we had our inductions in the morning, and then we had the droid hunt going on throughout the day. We had six teams competing, roughly about 30 troopers in armor, going through that crowd of 150 people, or 150,000, I should say. Right. And they actually retrieved 750 of the badges, which is probably a record. Wow, that is pretty awesome. We normally get about 50% of them back, so that was pretty good. And one team was responsible for about a third of that. So So who was the winning team? Team Tunnel Vision from Southern California Garrison. Team Tunnel Vision. (laughs) That's their third hunt in a row, actually. They won last year um, at Comic-Con. They won at Celebration 6, and then they won again here. So evidently they're the team to beat at the moment. Well, since Brooks mm. Klein wasn't here this year, I guess there wasn't any cheating. Ha 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 ha. If you're listening, Brooks, love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> then just to wrap out the weekend, we finished up with our Droid Hunt prize distribution the next day on Sunday. And we had about 150 prizes, and about 140 of those were actually picked up. So That's great. 
we probably gave away about $4,000 retail worth of prizes. And it's so awesome that these uh, licensees continue to generously donate the gifts for the con every year and for other things that we do throughout the year as well. So big thank you to all of them for all of the gifts and prizes that they're giving us because that, without that, you know, the droid hunt wouldn't be as popular and I think as successful as it usually is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we had Gentle Giant and Sideshow, Del Rey Books, DK Books, uh, Hasbro. Uh, Lego, they donated some stuff. I mean, there's, uh, and I know I'm probably forgetting a couple here and there, but we had so many prizes and so many happy fans that we sent home. Yeah, it's really nice. And, you know, you mentioned the Death Star wall a couple of times, but for uh, anyone who hasn't seen photos yet, it's kind of a really cool prop that we uh, have. Uh, we have it here in Southern California Garrison, created this wall. We uh, took it out to Long Beach Con earlier in the year, and now uh, we were able to get permission from Lucasfilm to bring it down and put it in the Lucasfilm Pavilion for uh, Comic-Con, and it just makes the photos look so amazing. So we had a ton of people coming to take photos every single day. We had our characters stationed at the wall uh, all day, all four days. We had some uh, great troopers there who really helped us out. We had some great assistants who really helped us out. It was a, a really big success. And uh, there will be a donation made on our behalf uh, to Rady's Children's Hospital in San Diego at some point in the very near future for our participation uh, at the LFL Pavilion and at our Death Star Wall. So a big thank you to uh, Lucasfilm and to Disney, really, uh, for that that donation. And. One last thing for us to wrap up the show, we kind of finished it up in the same way we started it. We had a young boy by the name of Gabriel who was having a birthday at Comic-Con. And a lot of the Legion doesn't really do birthday parties, but we wanted to make this one special for him. So we invited his parents to the convention. They had tickets, and they came up to the table and met some of our troopers, got to play with the guns and the helmets. And we had a little swag bag for him that had a, you know, some figures and some patches and coins and all that fun stuff. And then we also gave him a priority escort down to the Lucasfilm Pavilion to the Death Star Wall so he could take some pictures himself. And wouldn't you know it, he was dressed as his favorite character, Lord Vader. <laughs> I just love that little kids love the dark side so much. <laughs> <laughs> It's really amazing. And, and uh, Gabriel had uh, um, sort of had, had been in and out of hospitals for quite some time, too, right? Yes, he had a, 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 basically a skull malformation when he was born, so he had right. a lot of craniofacial surgeries. So he himself, while not a Make-A-Wish kid exactly, is one of those types of kids that we support because they've had a lot of challenges. And his parents actually surprised all of us at the booth when they handed us a donation slip to the Make-A-Wish Foundation for $100. Oh, that's I terrific. Wow. Everything. So they really blew us away. Wow, that's so great. Yeah. So we had an exceedingly successful convention. I think one of the best we've ever had. Yeah. We're going to try to post up some photos, a few photos that we can grab about you know San Diego Comic-Con. I'm sure if you're on the Internet or Facebook and just search San Diego Comic-Con, you'll see plenty of Star Wars characters and other related things. But I know we have tons of things that we did, and it doesn't seem like so much when we're just kind of sitting talking about it, but it was an exhausting and fun weekend at the same time. 
if I had to put some numbers into it, there was probably 500 man hours in both planning, setup, and all the events we did. Plus, you know, there had to be, had to have been close to a hundred shifts done at all these different licensees and events. Oh yeah, if you think about it, we had at least fifteen to twenty or more people working all day for eight hours a day. So you know, mm -hmm. twenty times eight times four. I mean, there's a lot of time that went into the con, and that's just people that signed up for something specific, not those that were just out trooping to spread the word of the five o first and things like that. So. And I know yeah. for a fact we're getting some recruits out of it because I've already had some contacts about it, some people who want to come to meetings and learn a little bit more about us. So right, it's a right. recruiting event for us, too. So it's a job well done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now the one thing that you guys didn't touch on was the um, the panel with Carrie Goldman. Oh, yeah. You know, oh. I'm sitting here staring at it going, oh, yeah, there was that end bullying. Because that was outside of San Diego. Mm -hmm. uh, so, oh, was yeah, it? I mean, outside of the con. It, I, it was part of the con, but it was right. off-site, which is something we rarely do because yeah, we don't yeah. have the staff for it. They did two things. Okay, they had, I didn't realize that. They had, well, they had a media event, which is what I went and attended at this thing off-site. And then later at the con, they also had a panel. And since you were there, Scott, and I wasn't, how did it go? I never got a chance to talk to you about it. Well, you know, it actually was a lot more sort of standing around than anything else, but I did meet several different people who are really fascinated with the 501st and what we do. And then when uh, they finally got to the point of starting the sort of press stuff and they invited each of the different organizations up to talk for a minute or three about what, what involvement they had with the bullying. So I was able to go up and I put our four troopers up on the red carpet and I talked about, you know, showing this is what we do and talked about Katie and the situation and, you know, how we got involved as a legion uh, with the end bullying and just, you know, that that is something that all of us in the Legion are fully behind because to some extent, all of us have probably gone through that being, you know, science fiction, Star Wars fans and, you know, those kinds of things. So um, she was really pleased to have me there and have us represented. And then also I, I got hit up by like three or four different reporters and people from, you know, Holodeck News and this and that. They're that like, oh, we want to do special things about this. So. It'll be a really good way for us to sort of promote the Legion even more and the end bullying now um, you I know, love it. organization. Yeah, so it was it was good. And then I know they had the panel later on in the day that uh, Ashley and I forget who else, uh, there was another celebrity that attended it. But anyway, we, you know, that was at 4 o'clock. That's why there was confusion during the day of like, which one are we going to? <laughs> I can see why because I, I wasn't aware that there was two and they didn't say anything when they were talking to us either. So. Yeah, but anyway, it was, it was really good and, and Carrie was really thankful and she sent an email with a, a link to an article she found uh, on CNN talking about it and they had a picture of me with the troopers and her or one of our troopers and her so we got represented nice uh, yeah which was and then she even said you know she made comments you know that uh, she's partnering with the 501st legion uh, blah 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 so it was really uh kind of all around good for us i'll take it <laughs> yeah i know right so oh the only other thing was that um i don't even watch big bang theory i'll admit it so i don't know who this guy is but i do know that Consetta let him borrow her bausch costume to wear at the Big Bang Theory panel. Oh, funny. During San Diego Comic Con. So I don't know if you guys had any 
that. we were originally supposed to. What did they? They wanted us to have like ten or twenty stormtroopers like invade the panel. Is yeah. what they really wanted, and we were like, uh, not this close to the con. We're booked. <laughs> Which is pretty sad, but we didn't really have a choice. So, yeah. all right. So I don't know if, but I guess it was sort of just one of those spur of the moment kind of things. It seemed like so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what they were trying to do was just to have him kind of surprise the audience by showing up in a costume and being in the crowd and then being pulled up on the stage. I don't know if that's actually what happened, although that's what they had talked about doing. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that was my impression as well, that he just pretended he was a fan with a question, and then somehow he got up on stage and the uh, the panelists made him take off his helmet, and then... <laughs> that's funny. That's when they found out that it was him. I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah, getting to panels when you're uh, working at the show is kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Leslie, and filling us in on this. This is really great to hear. My pleasure. Anytime. The Darth Vader balloon was recently spotted at the 2013 Taiwan International Balloon Fiesta, and we'll have a link to a cool little promo video for the fiesta featuring the Darth Vader balloon. Check it out in our show notes. 501st Legion members were on hand to show our support, and we'll have a link to a picture of three Taiwan Outpost troopers posing in front of the balloon in our show notes, too. To keep tabs on Lord Vader's travels, we'll have a link to his Facebook page in our show notes as well. Lord Vader the Balloon Facebook page. (laughs) Nice. United Kingdom Garrison had a surprise ace up their sleeve when they trooped at Toys R Us for the European launch of the new action figure line of Star Wars characters, the Black Series, on uh, July 19th. It wasn't just any Boba Fett among the Legion members. It was THE Boba Fett. That's right, 501st Legion honorary member and BH5211 of the UKG, Jeremy Bullock himself. He suited up with his fellow UKG members and in the aid of the Make-A-Wish Foundation UK at the Toys R Us event. Jeremy kitted up as Boba and trooped before signing autographs on a special Black Series backing card. The caravan of the force was also there with Jeremy Bullock and his wife Maureen and with Mark Burns and James Newbold of the Jedi News. Yeah, speaking of the caravan of the force, they uh, made a stop yesterday, July 22nd, in Belgium and met up with some 501st members there. And then they just have one more stop in Holland before arriving in Germany on day six of six of their journey from the UK. They'll be in there just in time for Star Wars Celebration Europe 2. I think whenever you say Celebration Europe 2, there's supposed to be an echo. Celebration Europe 2, 2, 2. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I could make Celebration Europe uh, 2, 2, 2, 2. <laughs> Speaking of that, it is likely happening right now by the time this episode is released. So as we record this, our cycling scouts, Martino, TX8629, and Don, TB7021, are probably about 200 kilometers into their 300-kilometer journey. And we certainly hope by the time you're listening that they'll be safely at their destination and enjoying a well-deserved vacation at Celebration Europe 2. Two. 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 <laughs> I'm telling you. <ya>. So come <laughs> back next episode where we hope to recap all the fun that's happening right now that we're missing out on because we're not there. <laughs> where's, where's the crying sound effect? Boo-hoo. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we need to add that I in. I know, right? 
So uh, all our best to uh, those members and fans that are making it out there. That promises to be a really terrific time. So we're going to give you all one last reminder about Space City Con in Houston, Texas. That's coming up August 2nd through 4th. Definitely is shaping up to be a show not to be missed. So we'll have a link for information for 501st members in our show notes. And everyone else can head over to SpaceCityCon.com for all the details. Also, Star Wars Night coming up on August 7th for the St. Louis Cardinals and the 70th Explorers Garrison. We'll have some extra help making the night force-filled. That's right. Ashley, Ahsoka Tano Eckstein, and her husband will also be at Bush Stadium that evening with Ashley throwing out the first pitch. So we'll have a link in our show notes where you can purchase those tickets. And Legoland Malaysia is launching their Star Wars Day during the weekend of August 17th and 18th. Debuting will be the biggest Lego Death Star ever built. I've seen some photos of it. There, It was pretty cool. Exactly. It was. It looked like it had to have been at least six or seven feet tall, and it was still in half right. the just, picture I, I saw. Like so a, it's hard a quarter to tell. of something that they just started building. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's going to be gigantic. There's also going to be other set building and activities at the Lego Academy. So if you're in the region, come out and visit with the 501st at Legoland Malaysia. And thanks to Albert, TK2818, for the heads up about this event. Do you think they'll build a Lego Alderaan just because? put a couple of explosives inside it could be fun (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) when it explodes it'll be like free bricks for everyone here's your like a pinata lego people a piece of alderaan (laughs) to take it on home (laughs) (laughs) and then i think isn't there there's some other uh small con coming up in august it's uh something with dragon in it drago drago con or dragly con i don't know <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah, Dragon Con, I think. I've never heard of it. I've never gone. I mean, you know, I guess it's up and coming, so I'm sure a couple of people might show up and see what it's all about. Probably. <laughs> Our George Garrison yeah. might Yeah, you know, I know I mean I know a couple of people that have said, Oh yeah, that Dragon Con, I'll I'll check that out because sometimes it might it might be fun. So don't forget yeah. people, it's coming up August, what was that? Twenty thirty yeah. August 30th through September 2nd, I think. Always Labor Day weekend. Oh, there you go. Dragon Con. Okay, well, there you go. (laughs) For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish the Dataverse from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can possibly gather the data from. This episode's shout-out goes to Chris Askins, SL1163 of Garrison Carita. Chris does an outstanding job with not just his interactions with the people in planning and execution of the events, but also in taking care of troops who make the long trip. After a recent parade, a fellow trooper experienced some car trouble. The trooper was 150 miles from home with a broken car, and Chris offered to help without hesitation. 
driving the member to the parts store, and then installing the part and fixing the car himself. Above and beyond the call of duty for sure. So congratulations, Chris. Our other main nominee was Luke TB1320 of Capital City Garrison. At the recent Ottawa Comic Con, Luke inspired fellow Garrison members to create a 60 by 40 foot 501st experience booth. Charitable funds raised at the event totaled more than 10,700 Canadian dollars. The camaraderie among the members has improved so much since the inception of the project. People showed their skills and talents that were unknown to the membership and developed greater respect for each other. So again, congratulations, Luke, on pulling the team together. Yeah, definitely. Both uh, well-deserved nominations there. Absolutely. So next up, we have our giveaway section of the podcast. So this episode, we would like to call upon people to submit their photos to us that they take at Celebration Europe 2. So we're going to pick our three favorite photos, and you can post them on Twitter with the hashtag 501stCE2. And we're going to pick a winner. The first prize gets a Fight Like a Jedi sketchbook, and the second and third prizes each get a 501st cast patch. So once again, take photos with our members, post them online, and we'll have all the rest of the instructions in our show notes. Don't forget, we're looking for epic, epic photos, people. Yes. If you want to win that sketchbook, right. you got to make it cool. That's right. You may Twitter when ready. <laughs> <laughs> As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com forward slash podcast where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of the Legion news while driving, sitting at the office, doing nothing, working out, you know, whatever it is. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as the 501st Legion or go to facebook.com forward slash the 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion or go to twitter.com forward slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2013, Lucasfilm Limited, and trademark, all rights reserved, used under authorization.